Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty, and I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and I have a guest from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He played Will, and it is Ira Heaton. Hi, Ira. How are you doing? It's Ira Hayden. Oh, Ira Hayden. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm doing good. <laughs> That's great. Um, so I have about a couple of questions for you. Um, the first one isn't about A Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's how did you get your start into acting? So I had um, moved out to California, and uh, my mom used to work for this company, Members Only. I don't know if you remember the jackets. You may be a little too young for it, but uh, in the 80s, they had these really cool jackets, and um, they were sponsoring a tennis tournament at the Forum in California. It was uh, John McEnroe versus Jimmy Connors, and uh, I got to go with my mom and hang out, and uh, there was a party before at uh, Jerry Buss's house and uh, this woman was watching me and said hey kid you ever think about acting and uh, turns out she was a manager her name is Marilyn Sherman and uh, she wanted to get me into the business so I um, hooked up with her and started uh, getting getting some work that's awesome awesome Um, so what was your audition like for a nightmare on Elm Street 3 dream warriors it was pretty cool. Once I found out that I had the audition, I was psyched. Um, and uh, I loved playing Dungeons and Dragons growing up, so I really felt close to the role and made it as much of me as it was Will Stanton. And um, had, I would probably say, about five interviews. Um, my first initial pre-read with the network, Benson, the casting director, and then came back and she put me on tape. And then Chuck Russell watched the tape and uh, brought me in. And then I had two more interviews with him. And uh, that was the process. And then I found out that I got the job. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you did a really good uh, good uh, role in that. And I, I've always been a, like a fan of magic and everything. So I really related to your character. So I cool. thought it was really cool. Um, what was it like working with Robert England? So Robert was amazing. I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, just such a smart man, uh, great on the set, uh, great to joke around with, uh, just an all-around wonderful guy. Um, and I was pretty intimidated by Freddie, you know, especially in, in his mask <laughs> and his get-up and stuff, you know. But uh, I'll never forget one of my uh, big scenes, my death scene. Um, it's my very first movie and my very first death. And, and I'm trying to work up the nerve and, you know, the emotions of what it's like to die and, you know, really all that juicy actory stuff and, right. and Robert's right next to me and he goes, Hey, did you hear the one about he's trying to tell me jokes? And he's <laughs> telling me how he just bought a house out in Laguna Beach and blah blah blah. I'm like, Robert, stop. I, I have to draw upon my emotions. You're about to kill me. <laughs> he's and I heard so many amazing things about him. I heard so many amazing things, especially at conventions from fans and everything. That's really amazing. Have you ever had the chance to meet him? I haven't yet, and I really would love to meet him one day. And I was going to go up to the Monster Mania um, convention in uh, March, and I was going to end up meeting him, and it was postponed. 
Yeah, they just postponed that. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that was up on his website. Yeah. You'll get to meet him. And, um, you know, he spends time with you. He, you know, if you have good questions, he'll answer them. And uh, he's just a great, great guy. Nice. I know in October they're doing Monster Mania in Maryland. They usually do it in uh, in Maryland at Hunt Valley every October. And uh, this is my, I believe, my second year that I'll be in Maryland that they had it. The first year I didn't because I didn't really know where it was. And I was new to the state and everything. So I, I was still getting settled into my place. So uh, this year, and it's only like maybe 15 minutes from where I live, so hopefully Robert England would be there, and I would love to meet him. <laughs> yes, you should do it. Yes, definitely. Just um, make sure he doesn't have his glove on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, can you explain to everyone how it was filming your death scene and what all went into making it happen? Um, yeah, I mean, it was you know basically a long corridor uh, that... Uh, the crew had set up, um, and I had my um, cape on and, and everything, and uh, it was broken down into different parts. You know, they filmed me um, uh, walking down the, the corridor with my pajamas, and then, you know, Robert mm. kind of laughs and then swings the wheelchair past me, and I jump back to. Um, the chair turning around and then they cut back and forth and then there's the the he sends the chair after me and uh that's when i i fall down and uh and then um get back up and turn into the wizard master and blow it up blow up the wheelchair and then go after after freddie with my my newfound powers uh God, could you imagine if I had killed him, Scotty? Oh, that would have been great. That, <laughs> that would have been awesome, right? Will would have been wow, the hero. A lot, of people, a lot of people would have been so pissed off, but you're right. I would have been, I would have been the, the, the hero, the, the, the pre-Harry Potter hero. Exactly. Um, so there was also a part of the scenes where um, I'm on the ground. I say, I am the wizard master. I am the wizard master. And the special effects have me lifting up. And... Um, that's when I get to blow up the wheelchair, but they actually had um, a board stuck under me, you know, over my back, mm -hmm. under the cape, and lifted me up that way. Wow. To make it look like I got up on my own, like my wizard powers. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, now the wheelchair was that uh, now was that all digitally de de generated, computer generated, or what? Did they have? Did oh, they build no, something? No, those were real, man. Nice. If you go onto my uh, my fan page on on uh, Facebook, our nice. Hyden fan page, um, you'll see I took pictures of the. They had two chairs actually. They were like about six feet. Wow. And they had spikes coming out of them and everything. They were really really cool That's so awesome. no those were real nothing was generated other than they had sparks <clears throat> on the end of my fingertips for mm -hmm. for the wizard master scene nice. when i flashed them out they made a flash and then they added the special effects after of the the wizardry stuff nice that is that's incredible um, did you did they like build any type of like uh, cast or body cast or anything for when he sta did the stab Oh, when he stabbed me, yeah. no, no okay. body cast or anything. Nice. You know, the funny story, Scotty, is that yep. those things were, his fingers were retractable, the blades. Yeah. They weren't working on my death day. <laughs> so they ended up having to put a two by four over my heart. Wow. And uh, the good thing, I'm blessed with Robert England. Not only is he a great actor, but he's got great aim. 
Yeah. So he he knew exactly where to where to put the uh, put the blades, and he hit his mark every time. Thank God. That's great. I mean that that could have been a a real, a real life death there. Yep. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I I we just finished make uh, my production company just finished making our first independent movie and it's out in select theaters in October and uh, we ended up and one our uh, my the CEO of my company she uh, she plays the final girl in the movie and she always said on set every time we were gonna do a death she's like no real life deaths. <laughs> It's so true. so it became a like a mantra of everything that we talk about now every time we talk about something about making something or whatever she, everybody says no real life deaths it's hilarious but no it's true cuz yep right yep. <laughs> um so uh, what was the best part about filming a nightmare on elm street 3 and what was the worst gosh the best part of filming a nightmare on elm street 3 was for sure hands down the camaraderie, the friendship that I still have to this day. Um, you know, we've, one of the greatest things about in LA is you always run into everybody, but mm -hmm. um, in different places. But I've been keeping in touch with Bradley Gregg, Rodney Eastman, Jennifer Rubin, Penelope Sudro, Heather Lagenkamp. Matter of fact, Heather and I just produced a last year. We did a reading of Nightmare on Elm Street three at the Whiskey or Go Go in LA. We raised fourteen thousand dollars for um, awesome. the Mental Health Foundation. D. That's Hirsch. awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So by far the best is, is the, the relationships. I mean, Chuck Russell and I text each other and, and talk a bunch and have lunch awesome. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, that's for sure the best. Um, the worst, okay, well, I mean, hands down, it's the fact that I died. Right. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to have been a part of Nightmare 4. Yeah. Um, that would really be the worst. I mean, seriously, there was nothing bad about that that film i mean we we worked downtown we worked for scale we we worked on a low budget but uh right. it was it was super intense and super fun and um we got to create and that's that was a blessing right that's awesome though like that uh i mean it's it's literally hands down my favorite nightmare movie i mean it's it's probably the best in the franchise it really is it's just yeah, got sure. great characters, great storyline, great everything, like great actors, yourself included. And, you know, it's just an, an amazing movie. And that's where Freddy got his, you know, his jokes, his one-liners, his epic one-liners. <laughs> you know, Scotty, I think one of the great things about that film is the fact that, um, you know, not only did Freddy have his one-liners, but, you know, you had a really good through-line story. I mean, these, yes. these kids that had to come together and band together and yeah. bond to try and attack this demon, you know what I mean? Exactly, I completely agree with that 100%. Um, so speaking of Heather Langenkamp, what was it like working with her? Oh, she was great. Uh, she was wonderful. She was like our our, our mom. I right. mean, she took care of us on set. Um, you know, she was experienced already after mm -hmm. working in the first one. Um, her and Wes became, were great friends. And um, so, you know, we really, she was a person you could lean upon and, uh, and, and all around great person. Right, that's that's pretty cool. And I I know that uh, I want I would like to reach out to Heather because uh, I if I'm not mistaken I believe it was her son that uh, passed away from brain cancer. From brain cancer. Yep, yeah, and that's what my I don't I I know there's a bunch of different kinds of brain cancer. I'm not sure if she had, if her son had glioblastoma or not. Um, but my, that's what my dad has. And, uh, right. I, I can relate to what she, the pain she felt, you know what I mean? When, from the whole thing, from the start of it. And my dad almost had a stroke after, uh, right. He did have a stroke right after the brain surgery two days later. 
and he, oh, he was only given 24 hours to live and for by some miracle the doctors still were dumbfounded that he survived it and uh that's why he gets a lot of physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech and all that um yeah. and uh then they gave him a year and a half time frame with this cancer and now he's going it'll be four years in september and it's, it's been a, a, a monumental a very very rough journey but uh so i can definitely relate to where she how she felt during that whole time yeah um you know just we talk about how the, those that have passed we keep them alive in our memories and we, we exactly. keep them alive in spirit um, exactly so how, how was uh, chuck russell as a director chuck was chuck was like my father figure uh yeah. chuck was awesome um you know just really uh, had a great bond with him um you know auditioning for him and uh and stuff was great mm-hmm. uh and he was really really easy to work with um i felt like um we got to create with him in a sense of you know once we had our lines down and once he felt like the take was was down he kind of mm-hmm. let us play around a little bit and uh, nice. it was really cool that's awesome um so what was your uh, most memorable moment about filming a uh, nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors well, there was there's a couple of great memorable moments. Um, the one is after the whole cast was cast. We went in Westwood and we had a, a brunch on Sunday, and then we walked over to Chuck's friend's loft and we had our reading. Uh, we all did a reading of the um, of Nightmare nice. Three that Chuck recorded, and I'm begging him to find it. <laughs> so that we could actually hear that so there was that was a really fun moment nice. and um also you know the fact that we got to the different locations i mean mm-hmm. we got to shoot in uh at the veterans hospital the va hospital in westwood um we had t- uh, taken upon one of the rooms one of the buildings that hadn't been like used in over i want to say like 30 or 40 years and wow. it was like it was like that the crew didn't even have to really s- work on the set much because there was right. enough cobwebs and and whole stuff around already right um so that was cool just the different locations and then the other one was we shot in a warehouse downtown which was literally a, a block away from the la county jail okay uh, so that was that was not that added a little extra scariness nice um we know that john saxon was in the movie uh did you get to see him at all on set and how was he you know, I never got to meet him on set, and um, uh, a blessing or a curse, I never got to go to the, um, whatchamacallit, to the screening, the premiere, because I was working on a movie in Florida. Okay. Uh, I was working on a movie called Illegally Yours, where I played Rob Lowe's brother that okay. uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed. Um, so I didn't get to meet John at the premiere, or, or I never worked with him but i have met him had met him on a lot of the conventions um, okay which has been a lot of fun and uh, it turns out that he worked with bruce lee and um bruce's son brandon was a, a close friend of mine okay uh, so we had a lot to talk about that's awesome um so what was the atmosphere like when filming a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors pretty intense um you know, there was a, a lot of uh, heavy emotions, heavy scenes. I mean, right. uh, a lot of bee smoke in the VA hospital that was uh, pumped in to make it really look, you know, misty and, and, and smoky and stuff. Um, 
and uh, it was it was a heavy heavy rolls, uh, right. and especially you know after you lose one one kid, you lose you know uh, Bradley mm-hmm. Gregg, you lose him first, and yep. uh, so we're all kind of shooken up with that, and then there goes Penelope Sudro through the damn TV set. <laughs> um, you lose another one of your yeah. comrades, and it just starts getting scarier and scarier, and the the damn doctors are you know not not listening to us and you know they think that they know everything and so it, it was we all as kids because um, we were kids back then Scotty right. we really got into our roles and you know Patricia Arquette you know uh, her first horror movie yeah. um, she kicked ass in that movie um, she did it was great and then the Lawrence Fishburne you know um, <laughs> you know he brought some some excellent intensity to the to the movie so that was really that was it It was really you know a a heavy um project uh which was super cool i i could tell you scotty i had no idea that what it was going to turn into um Mm -hmm. and i love what it has turned into yeah as a matter of fact we're doing you know with all this crazy stuff going on with COVID 19 you know we can't go to conventions anymore right now we're we usually meet and greet so april 25th we're going to be doing a um, a virtual convention, so it's okay. going to be on the, on our computers, okay. and uh, it's going to be for Wizard World. So stay stay tuned for that. So okay, it's going to be a lot of fun. Would you need tickets to access it or anything? Uh, I'm sure you're going to have to go on their website okay. to be able to to access it, to watch and listen. I think we're doing like a, a th- almost a three hour panel, and that's awesome. Um, and I think that you could actually send in stuff for us to sign and then uh, we'll send them back that's awesome it's good that you know with everything going on and not being able to get around we're gonna we're you're, you're you got the eligibility to do uh and the way to do it through virtual means whether it's like you know whether it's education where you're going where you're having meetings and classroom meetings and all that through zoom and right and having all these live live events through uh through like you know just everybody's coming together to make all this quarantining you know come out you know like not be as bad you know concerts online and like you said the wizard world online yeah i mean you get to be more you find more creativity you know yes. that's one of the things about artists um you can never ever like stifle an artist they'll always find ways to create in different venues and not even if you're an artist or you know whatever you, you do um right you know you'll find different things at home to to keep yourself occupied and well, I may be even starting my own podcast, Scotty, so you never know. That'd be great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd tune in. <laughs> cool. Yep. Um, then I have a bonus question that I had that I actually wrote down instead of typed it up. Um, would be, uh, do you like, uh, you kind of answered it about relating to your character by, you know, being a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and that. How did you use that to your advantage to, um, to make, you know, your character stand out and be different from the rest? Well, one thing you always want to do is you want to bring or try to bring who you are into your characters. Right. You know, for example, like let's just say, you know, Christopher Watkins, you know, that's him. That's the way he talks. And right. that's his act. That's his personality. Right. I think you get the same thing with the Tom Cruise or, or, you know, my very first job was a, a commercial for Pepsi, uh, for the movies. It was called mm-hmm. Let's Go to the Movies. And it was with Johnny Depp and, you know, having met Johnny and everything. Yeah. Um, you see him and his work it, that's who he is right that's what that's what we as actors want to do you want to bring who you are into that character so right. that's why i said um 
I just thought I could nail this role because, you know, throughout high school and junior high, I loved Dungeons and Dragons. And growing up, you know, my one of my first trilogies was the you know, Lord of the Rings. I right. love J.R.R. Tolkien. So that whole fantasy world, I felt like I could really get in touch with. Awesome. So when you when you hear me saying, okay, you're being attacked by the bog demon, go ahead. Um, no, that doesn't count. you got to say the words. It's, it's me being me. <laughs> like, no, you, you got to do it, Jennifer. you got to say the words. Right. Okay. You survive, but your horse is dead. Now what do you do? <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's how I, I feel like I truly landed the role by... Uh, right. by being able to bring out who I was and, and do more character research too, because, um, you know, they gave me the wheelchair before like a week and a half before we were shooting. And my buddy, Harold Pruitt and I, we would go, uh, one night we went through Westwood and, um, you know, I really got to see what it was like being in a wheelchair and how people react to it. Like some people kind of avoid you and some are like, Oh, let me get the door for you. Let me, let me (laughs) hold this for you and, and open it and everything. Wow. Um, on, a, on a side note, Scotty, really quickly. So yep. we were in Westwood, and um, my friend Pruitt, he had a, a buddy of his, uh, John Schmidt, who worked at a place called Recorder Star, where you can go in and you know tape a song right. for a certain amount of money and take that tape home, that cassette. So uh, it was this really cool building uh, that it was downstairs, but upstairs was like the restroom and stuff like that and I, mm-hmm. I shook John's hand in my wheelchair I was like hey <laughs> nice to meet you he's like hey nice to meet you too and I said hey um do you have a restroom he goes yeah but it's upstairs I'm like oh okay and I walked out of the wheelchair and got up and walked in. <laughs> he had no idea that I wasn't a cripple <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> so we got to pull a fast one on, on poor John Schmidt but that's uh, hilarious that was a lot of fun Awesome, and, and I mean, Freddie's one line is like we said started in uh, in this one, and everybody is like, "Oh my God, I love the whole um, you know, welcome to prime time, bitch." But I've always loved. I don't believe in fairy tales. I just I love that. that was, yes, it was great. <laughs> oh God, I do believe in fairy tales, and I should have beat him. Exactly. Uh, you know, one of the greatest things, I got a phone call from him like the day before we were getting ready to do our reading. And he goes, Ira, it's Robert. I go, God damn you, Robert. I should have killed you. He goes, you didn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, the last question I got for you is, uh, do you have any future projects that you would like to promote to our listeners? Um, I do. There's um, a show that uh, we're putting together. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a biopic about um, Brandon Lee, our friend, and um, it's mainly about told through his Brandon's best friend's eyes, uh, Bill Allen, and um, uh, our buddy Ezra Gabe brought in um, his buddy Robbie Krieger, who wrote our song, the title song already. Um, we have Lou Diamond Phillips, who co-wrote the script, and uh, he's also our director. Um, so we're just chasing down some money right now and, you know, when we can get back to shooting, we'll probably shoot that soon, but we're also, um, on a different project, Bill Allen and I are co-producing a, um, a documentary about Brandon, which is awesome. So. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, everybody that is listening to this can, uh, would be able to, uh, you know, keep an, uh, keep an eye out on that. Check out Ira's, uh, his, uh, IMDB page. You can visit his, uh, his, uh, Facebook fan page. Where else can everybody find you at? That's really it, man. They're on uh, at the Ira Hyden fan page. Um, all right, that's uh, that's the cool one, and I, I post all the good stuff, and 
and awesome. things on there. Sounds good. That's how I got in touch with you. <laughs> That's right, Scotty. Yep. Thank you so much for your time. I am so glad we were able to make this happen. I know we had it planned last year and uh, things fell through. I know you had a meeting with the director and things kind of f- uh, fell through. And then I stopped doing the podcast for a little bit because I got really uh, busy with uh, work and everything. And then uh, now a year later, literally a year and a month to the day, uh, I'm actually, uh, from when we last spoke, I'm actually doing the interview, which is awesome. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Ira. Absolutely, Scotty. All right, you have a good day and stay safe. You too now. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.